Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. While Tesla's electric vehicles dominate the headlines, Chinese electric vehicles are flying under the radar and now outselling Tesla. Today's agenda, we're going to consider the Chinese EV thesis from three dimensions. We're going to evaluate the investment options for retail investors and discuss what we believe is the best EV stock out there. Now, investing in Chinese electric vehicles is really a three-part thesis. So first, you have country exposure to China. So the world's second largest economy, their growth story needs no introduction. Then you have the electric vehicle thesis. The idea is that EVs are soon going to dominate because they have a lower total cost of ownership. And this is uh, something that we've recently uh, been led to believe is uh, far more compelling than we thought. Then there's the automobile thesis that China will become a dominant provider of automobiles globally. And that, in fact, is becoming the case. Now, we've already done some homework on this. You can see some of the relevant videos And there are also research pieces on our website that look at various aspects of Chinese EV stocks. The one in the upper left here, dangerous Chinese stocks, you really ought to watch that one. It's very important. We cover Tesla, Spang, NEO. There's a two-part series on NEO that was quite popular. But one company we didn't cover was Li Auto. And this is a $29 billion company. And I've put their production numbers in the upper right here. It's rather interesting. You can see in 2022... The gray bars there show the volatility in their production numbers. And then look at green in 2023. First of all, it's spectacular growth there. But you see that the cadence is more predictable and consistent. So they're reaching some level of maturity. And I've put their revenues here, uh, gross profits and operating income. And you can see just how uh, spectacular the growth has been. But um, when you consider... The number of automobiles they produced in 2023, 376,000. Was that a lot? Well, one thing about Li Auto is that they've delivered more than 600,000 vehicles in total, which means more than half of their production was delivered in 2023. So this is a very young company. They have 467 retail centers across China covering 140 cities and 360 after-sales repair centers. Think about the logistics and planning that needs to go into putting together that sort of infrastructure to support the deployment of your vehicles. Now, this company is traded in the United States, and in 2021, the SEC called out Lee Auto for not elaborating on their buy structure. I love this sentence here. It says, accordingly, please refrain from implying that the contractual agreements are equivalent to equity ownership in the business of the VI. This is a showstopper for us. So let's talk quickly about the giant panda in the room. Geopolitical tensions remain high between the U.S. and China. And what most people, I think, uh, fail to recognize is that nearly all, if not all, Chinese tech companies you see talked about trade in the United States using what's called variable interest entity structures. And it's as simple as this. Vi structures give holders of those stocks no legal right to the underlying shares of the company that you believe you're invested in. And 
Some experts believe there's a 30% discount or more attributed to this risk. So just like ICO tokens, which don't give holders any equity ownership, we would never invest in buy structures. And the most popular Chinese EV companies out there, Liado, Spang, Neo, these trade as VIs. So what we can then do is start to look at the largest Chinese automakers, which all happen to not trade under VI structures. And the chart here on the left shows 2022 numbers, but the relative comparison is probably similar to what it is today. So in 2022, China's automobile industry sold 27 million units, and around 55% of those came from the five companies that you see here. So SAIC, FA Group, Chang'an, Dongfeng, and um, BYD. On the right here, you can see China's big four, the cumulative production numbers there, against Toyota. So look at how large Toyota is compared to BYD and Tesla. Now, BYD just outsold Tesla in pure EV sales. So we had published a piece last year titled The Largest electric vehicle company in the world, and that was including hybrids. Well, now that statement is true, whether you include hybrids or not. So let's summarize here real quick. We always want to invest in leaders. Now, BYD has remained top of new energy passenger vehicle sales in, when they say new energy, electric vehicle sales in China for nine years in a row. And China's state-owned auto companies, those four that we pointed to, are aspiring to have the EV success that BYD has been realizing so far. Now, we believe that EVs have a lower total cost of ownership and that BYD's low-cost offerings, offerings exacerbate these benefits. We're going to talk about that more in a research piece that accompanies this video. But the point here is that BYD now competes with or even undercuts gas-powered vehicles. So there's no doubt that operators are saving somewhere around 50% in uh, maintenance costs for these vehicles and 60%, depending on what uh, how much you're paying for electricity, around 60% on fuel costs. And we suspect that this lower total cost of ownership is being increasingly recognized in emerging markets. This goes against what we've previously said about uh, the difficulty that electric vehicles will have going into emerging markets because they're a luxury, right? Well, not so true when you look at BYD's Siegel here, unveiled last year at a price point of around 11000 and we're going to talk more about that in a bit. So China's global aspirations are another thing to note. So uh, their fearless leader, when he first laid out the plan for China's EV dominance, the idea was that they would pave the way for China to become the global leader in automobiles. And this is important for whatever company we invest in because we want to avoid too much country concentration risk. So even though a Chinese firm that's producing automobiles and selling lots of them in China gives us that exposure we desire, we also want to make sure that they're expanding outside of China's crowded EV market, which has over 400 electric vehicle producers. And we see that to be the case. So this chart from Bloomberg shows China's soaring auto exports. So in 2023, they had 30 million um, vehicles uh, sold total, and 16% of those were exported. You can see that spike in 2023. So when we look at the reasons why, it's interesting. Russia was the top destination for Chinese auto exports in 2023. Uh, 
more than twice the number sent to runner-up in Mexico. So they exported um, 841,000 vehicles to Russia. Um, the reason for that is Chinese automakers were taking advantage of the withdrawal of companies like Volkswagen and Toyota following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So China's export may face headwinds this year. Um, and that boost from Russia is not expected to recur for that reason. But um, other uh, headwinds, the EU is launching an anti-subsidy investigation into Chinese EVs. The U.S. is mulling, raising import tariffs. But what I think is important to note is China's made massive investments in infrastructure in emerging and frontier markets. And the world is really their oyster. And China has now overtaken Japan as the world's top auto exporter in 2023. That's remarkable. So, and you look at the total value of what they exported, it's an under $20,000 average selling price. They're selling very affordable vehicles. Japan exported in 2023 4.3 million vehicles, trailing by a, about a million vehicles to China's 5.3 million vehicles. And now, the reasons that China has risen so rapidly to the top, according to this piece by CNN, uh, the world-beating EV industry, so the fact they're producing such quality electric vehicles at decent price points, and that quality is something that wasn't the case a decade ago. Uh, what Chinese automakers are now doing is they're seeking better profitability abroad and offsetting the cost pressures they see domestically, and that's uh, proving to... Uh, be quite beneficial for BYD. They're now breaking into the world's top 10 automakers with their EV push. And um, what uh, this piece by Informa talked about is that vertical integration is their competitive advantage. This is akin to Musk's first principles thinking where they're building everything in-house. That also means they're somewhat insulated from supply chain shortages. Now, I took this picture about uh, three weeks ago. This is in Murgab, Tajikistan, and this was a house I stayed at. And you can see these two BYD vehicles. I took a picture of them. They're brand new, no license plates, and the plastic is still on the seats. Gorgeous machines, and they retail for about $15,000 a piece. And all I saw were these E2 vehicles. You can see here three truckloads. So this is on the Pamir Highway. Um, this follows along on the left of the river there. You see Afghanistan. To the right is Tajikistan. We followed this for about 400 miles, and all we did was pass these trucks full of cars and um, Tajiks driving these cars on an individual basis as well. And what's interesting is that they're buying these cars for 15K in China, selling them for a whole lot more in Dushanbe. That's the capital of Tajikistan. And all over the city, you'll see these cars sitting around without plates. They're relatively new. They only um, were developed in mid-2023. And about half the taxis already in Dushanbe are now these vehicles and other Central Asian capitals that I visited. You also see BYDs all over. Now, taxi drivers are some of the shrewdest characters out there. If they're adopting EVs in the poorest country in Central Asia, which is Tajikistan, and the taxi drivers are buying these things, we can only assume that the total cost of ownership is very low. And it is. Our article delves into why that is. But What's also happening, I think, is interesting is people are being driven around now in BYD cars and seeing the quality and the experience. They really are very nice vehicles. And these are in major cities where the people, uh, 
people with purchasing power live. And what else you see is BYD pushing their vehicles for taxi use in other countries like Mexico and Chile. And the question here is, well, does this pave the way towards future autonomy? That's something else we cover in our piece. Now, BYD's global plans are rather impressive. So in 2023, they exported over 240,000 units of pure electric vehicles. Remember going back to our comment about Lee Auto, they produced 367,000. Is that a big number? Well, BYD exported 240,000. So it puts that their total production numbers into perspective. That was only 8% of BYD's China production. They've successfully entered major markets in the last couple of years, including Europe, Southeast Asia, Middle East, Japan, Australia, South America. They're selling in 70 countries now, 230 BYD stores across 19 European countries, plans to open 50 stores in Mexico and a factory. They're also building a factory in Hungary and um, Indonesia, and they've also established factories in Thailand, Vietnam, and Brazil. What's more interesting is they're planning, going back to that vertical integration point, they're planning to build six to eight dual-fuel pure car and truck carriers. These are giant ships with a capacity of 7,700 vehicles each with delivery expected to start next year, say after 2025. So they're really planning to export a lot of vehicles. Now, our next steps really are to examine BYD a little bit closer before considering whether or not we're going to invest in the stock. And I think the things we need to look at would be examining gross margins and profitability. So larger scale can afford lower margins, but Tesla's best to breed. So we want to look at how BYD stacks up to Tesla and the, whatever the standard is in the auto industry. We want to consider relative valuations based on what the stock trades at today. We want to examine that total cost of ownership we've talked about. There's some real surprises in there, so you'll want to read that article. And then we're going to decide whether to go long the biggest EV company in the world. So you can subscribe to our newsletter. I'll put a link to that in the description of this video so uh, you receive that article when it goes out. Or you can navigate to our website as well to read that piece. Now, in the meantime, I'll leave you with another video here, Finding Neo. So we spent time in Shanghai. I was there for about a week um, researching, deep diving into NEO and other electric vehicle, vehicle companies. And we produced a two-part series on NEO that's quite interesting. There's a link to it here. So um, give that a watch. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.